are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Um, Our theme music is a clip of Summer Nights by the Eric Jones Trio. It's provided by our friend Mark Chesanow, who plays with the Eric Jones Trio every Thursday and Sunday at Good Times Jazz Bar downtown. Hey, welcome to Arts on the Air. This is Tamara Garvey, and I'm sitting with a group of writers. They call themselves Wednesday Writers. Welcome, everyone. So great to have you. Um, I'd like to go around if you could each introduce yourself and just tell me very briefly what it is that you're working on writing right now. Okay, I'll go first. (laughs) Um, I'm Beverly Willett, and I'm working on my first novel. Um, I am a memoirist, and my first memoir came out three years ago, Disassembly Required, but I wanted to switch gears and um, write a novel, so... I'm about to cross the finish line on that, I hope. That's fantastic. Thank you. Uh, my name's Judy Bean. Um, I am working on a, um, a book, a true story, a woman I know who, um, as a child, spent with her mother and um, mother's boyfriend three years on the run from the FBI. Wow. And I'm Helen Bradley. And um, I have completed my first novel called Breach of Trust, and it will be published in May of next year. So I'm so excited. Can't wait to talk to you about that. Mm -hmm. I'm Susan Earle. I just published uh, my third novel, which is called We Port to Meet Again, and I'm working on a fourth, uh, which does not have a name yet. Okay. (laughs) It's untitled Fourth Project. So you all are sort of well into at least your first, if not your second book, which is cool. Um, and this group you've been meeting for five years, is that right? Longer. Well, the, some variation of this group has been meeting much longer than that. Oh. A couple of people moved away, and we got new people. Oh, cool. So, yeah, it's more like 10 years. Yeah, really how years. Years. Yeah, how yeah. yeah, I did want to ask how you all uh, found each other and had the idea for even doing a writing group. Um, I think originally uh, Helen and I had been uh, writing fellows for Deep, and um, they formed uh, a, several writing groups. For this and then Judy, you were in one too, and um, and then the, we just continued after the summer was over. Okay, yeah. just just the two of you. No, there were two others. Okay, mm-hmm. and then I joined the group because it was. Four, but it went down to three, and so I had met Susan at a book festival at Roly Poly, <laughs> and we exchanged cards. But at that time, I hadn't decided to stay in Savannah. Um, I I wound up staying in Savannah and forgot that her card was in my desk drawer. And I happened to meet someone else who said, "Oh, my good friend Helen Bradley has this writers group, and they're looking for oh. another person." And so I came in to meet everyone and saw Susan, and I'm like, didn't I meet you, like, last year? <laughs> so it was kind of meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's been about seven years for me. I think wow, that's about right. Years. Six or six or seven. Okay. Just five for me, I think. Just five. That's <laughs> a long, I mean, it's a long commitment. Um, and, um, yeah, and, and um, I knew Helen and Susan from us all working for Deep Center. Okay. Um, volunteers. Is it so this is interesting. So you said that you heard that they had an opening and were looking for someone. So it sounds like there's like an ideal number of people you try to keep in the group. Yeah, I think so. It can get if it gets too big, it's takes too long. Yeah. So 
What's the most you've ever had at one point? Four. Okay. Okay, so three or four is your good number. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, how did you guys, uh, can, you, can you each go around and just say how long you've been in Savannah and what brought you here originally? Go ahead. Well, I've been here for eight years. And what brought me here is that I had to sell my house in Brooklyn, couldn't afford the mortgage anymore. My second child was going to, to college. I'd gone through a really bad divorce. So I literally just came down here to kind of sit on a porch, get some sun, and figure out what I was going to do with my life, because I'd been to Savannah before. Mm -hmm. Did not have any idea that I was going to stay. And I just met people. I loved it. And I said, well, I can write from anywhere. I'm yeah. just going to stay here. <laughs> so that's that's how it happens. That's wonderful. I think there's a there seems to be a huge crossover between here and New York, I find. I also, I was here, obviously, in Savannah, and then I moved to New York for seven years and then came back. And I would meet all the time in Brooklyn. I would meet people who, you know, had gone through SCAD or just Savannah in general. And there seems to just be a lot of moving back and forth. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Carroll Gardens. I don't know where you're... Oh, that's very pretty. I was in Bushwick. Okay. So that's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I grew up here. Oh. And then um, when I was 18, I got out of town as fast as I could <laughs> yeah. to go to the big city in Atlanta. I ended up being gone for like 30 years. Wow. And um, Atlanta and elsewhere. And uh, came back because um, uh, um, to help take care of my mom. Okay. And, and that was, uh, gosh, that was at least 15 years ago. Did you find, and once you came back, you just didn't have the desire to go off to somewhere big again? Uh, you know, I, I, I started making friends here yeah. <laughs> and um, put down some roots. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I grew up in an itty bitty town in South Carolina and worked for a couple of newspapers and then ended up moving to Savannah. So I've been here all my adult life. Okay. And I love it. So it's home. So you're a newspaper woman trained? I was for okay. just a couple of years. It was fun, yeah. Did you, so when you stopped that, is that when you started doing your creative writing? Uh, no, not really. Um, for years, I was the director of the Crime Victim Assistance Program in the District Attorney's Office. So oh, I did wow. that for 27 years. Oh my gosh. Um, and on and off did a little writing here and there. But then after I left there, I, I picked it up even more. So you have a lot of interesting experiences to draw on. I did. That's intense. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> How about you, Susan? Uh, I came here in uh, 1977. I got um, a fellowship, to, uh, a residence fellowship on Asaba Island. Mm. Um, and I was a photographer back then. And um, I got to Savannah with my all of my photo equipment, got to the DeSoto Hilton Hotel and left it there and started walking around town. And I, I was just stunned. I was like, this is so beautiful, but where is everybody? I had come from <laughs> New York where wow. I grew up. Yeah. And, and uh, what, what year was that that you were 77. Wow, so downtown was really just kind of decrepit, right? There wasn't much going on downtown. I mean, it was during the week. I think there were, you know, people working, but they were, so they were all, like, in their offices. And then, but, yeah, yeah there was nobody walking around the street. So Asaba had a residency that people would come from as far away as New York for? Oh, from all over the world. Oh, really? People came, mm -hmm. yeah, it was amazing. That's cool. You had a lot of experiences with the donkeys. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask, how did you decide, um, so how is your group structured for each meeting? Do you have a set order of things that you do? 
Well, so yes. Um, we come in first and just chat okay. and check in with each other about so coffee time. Yeah, coffee time and what's been going on in the last week. And then we take a break and we get down to business and we start talking about each other's writing and offering critique. So what we do is each week if someone has pages to mm -hmm. give out, chapter or whatever, we all take that home and we review it and, you know, edit it and write comments. Okay. And then so the next week we come back and talk about those comments and people give input the next one so you give out hard copies at yes. each meeting yeah. do you will it be more than one of you doing that or is it one at a time well, it can be more than one yeah sometimes it's all of us sometimes it's none <laughs> sometimes we just talk about story ideas and yeah. you know say i'm thinking about so and so happening for this character um what do you all think about that yeah, it sounds like at this moment you all are pretty deep into, if not finished with, a latest project. Has there been times where, do you seem, do you feel like you kind of are all in the same sort of like wave of like you're all starting at the same time and then you're all finished, or does it just all over the place? These scouts are always way ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah. makes it interesting. I mean, I think it's just, it's fascinating. I mean, it's, for me, I'm like... The whole week sometimes is like is challenging, and I'm like, gotta get to Wednesday writers. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like you have a thing in your head that's kind of bothering you that you really want to talk out. Yeah, yeah. And just just to be here in this group, I mean, it's so supportive that it just feels like sometimes you just need that support. Yeah. Even if you don't really find the the exact answers and you're still struggling with it, you come here and you get support, and it just it's it's very good. Yeah. There's I found also in creative things sometimes you you have to like walk away from it for a while and either go to sleep or do something else and your brain keeps working away on problems even without you. So then mm -hmm. later maybe the thing just occurs to you randomly. Um, what's the longest that any of your meetups have ever gone? Like if say all four of you had things to critique, how many hours might you sit here talking? Four. Four. Because yeah. Wow. Okay. We, yeah, we usually meet from nine to 12, but okay. we've gone over, you know. Yeah, if there's a lot yeah. to work out. What's for each of you, what's your favorite part of a project? Is it the beginning of the planning, when you're getting into it, coming toward the end? Well, I guess, I mean, I'll go first. Um, it's hard to say, because it's, there's, there's, I like a lot of it, mm. but um, I tend to like editing. I know editing is really hard, and a lot of people don't like editing, but for mm. me, it just feels like I'm down to, I've gotten something down on paper, I've sorted out a lot of ideas, I've yeah. sorted out how I'm going to tell the story and lay it out, and then if I have it on paper, it's just like, now I have something to work with. So I guess that's why sometimes even though editing is hard, I maybe I like that part better because it makes me feel like I've gotten beyond some big hurdles. Yeah. And you have, so you have a finished memoir that's published. Right. How, so when you got into the editing for that, was there structurally, were you moving things around, like deciding what order to tell things in or how, how heavy of an edit did you have to do for that? I, I can't even remember how many edits I did. A lot, a yeah. lot. I had started on the book before I joined the group, and I was actually working with my old writing partner from New York um, uh, before, I, before I then gave the book to the group, because I think it, the, the first draft or second or third, whatever, was already done before I gave it okay. to this group, so I hadn't workshopped it all the way through. Okay. And then they helped me. With revisions, <laughs> yeah. Anyone else? Your favorite part of 
Each project? Uh, for me, it's when you're in that holy grail state called flow at the computer <laughs> and you're just, you're just, you're just, uh, you don't even know what you're doing. You're just like putting it out there and it feels so good. <laughs> and then you look at the clock and realize you've been at it for three, mm -hmm. four hours yeah. without stopping and it seems like 20 minutes. Yeah. And you still have more to go. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> How often do you feel like that happens no, for you? Not nearly often enough, but that's that's because I, I, you know, I need to do the work of preparing myself and accepting that it's not always going to go well. Yeah, yeah. And um, and just keep pushing through, and um, and if you're not pushing through, then um, you know, read something. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I was that was another. I was going to ask your recommendation for. Um, when you have writer's block, so we'll get into that also. But yeah, for each of you, what's your favorite part of the project? Um, I think I'm sort of like Judy. I like it when I'm sitting down and typing away and just having fun. Yeah. Um, my least favorite part, which that may be a different question, is my, but my <laughs> least favorite it. part is um, the structure of it. Does this come first or last? Or yeah. where am I? And do I have her wearing a the character wearing a sweater? And the previous chapter it was summer. Yeah. So the structure is like really the continuity is really difficult for me. But I like just sitting down and typing away. Yeah. And then I have all sorts of chapters that are in no order. So <laughs> these women help me help me make <laughs> that structure. Yes. How about you? I I like when I'm in the middle. And I'm, I haven't really decided, because I don't plot it out. It just kind of evolves. And I like when I'm in the shower and I'm thinking, like, what if? What if this character does so-and-so? What if this happens to them? And where I'm just thinking about it all the time. Yeah. It's just... Um, I'm probably not a, a very good company, but because <laughs> <laughs> you're always thinking about oh, it, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's a really fun stage. And then, just what uh, Helen and Judy said too, when you're um, when you get when you finally when I finally sort of decide what is going to happen to this person, and then I, I'm sitting in in that room in the back just. Um, typing away and I and I, I get up and I realize I've been sitting there for three or four hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you, for each of you, do you have um, things that you need to work around in your life for writing? Like do you have day jobs and you have to write at specific times or can you kind of devote any time you want to it? Judy. Um, two part-time jobs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Retirement jobs that make me really happy. Yeah. So that's, I'm sure that also helps with just, you're meeting a lot of people all the time, which gives you advice for dialogue and characters and things. Yeah. So you've set periods of the day that you would have available for writing? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I know I'm supposed to. Do each of the rest of you, do you write every day or how often? Well, I do not write every day. Um, I'm retired but have a part-time gig as a wedding officiant. Oh, um, okay. so, but anyway, I have no excuse not so to write busy, every day. Yeah. <laughs> I want to grow up and be like Susan Earle, who is a work. <laughs> Course, yeah. She sits down every day and writes like a maniac. So one day that's going to rub off on me. <laughs> I hope. Well, and it's not always true because some there are times when I just I'm not writing but I'm reading and I I 
that to me is very helpful because yeah. I yeah I I'll start reading something and I'll read something in a book and I'll think well that's so interesting I wonder you know I mean it just kind of gives me ideas um, and and it's awful when you want to write but you can't really think of anything so always I always yeah always reading you know, taking something book, in. Yeah. yeah yeah how about you do you have set um, schedule. I, I mean, I don't have a set schedule. I would, I would say that I do. I either write or I do something writing related every day. So if it's, um, it might be doing some research for a book on 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 something. So I may go off and do that. It may be editing, and um, I also. Um, I'm a freelance writer, so I write a lot of op eds and oh. personal essays. So sometimes for me, you know, if I have if I have an idea about something in the news, um, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to try and write an article about that and pitch it. So um, that's good because sometimes then it's a break from whatever is plaguing me yeah, about the book yeah. that I can I can write something else and write write yes. something short, you know, write something short and feel very satisfied yes. and, and like you finished something. Like I finished something and, you know, sometimes I'll I'll pitch it and it doesn't get picked up, but um if it does get picked up, then there's like that satisfaction too. Yeah. You know. So um so that's that's kind of how I work. That's interesting. So what sort of publications are you um freelancing for Lately. Well, it's it's all over the map. I mean, I've you know I've published in the New York Times and and the New York Daily News yeah. today. Some of the New York the New York Post. Yeah. Um, and I just had a big piece in the Independent come out Monday um, because I got diagnosed with breast cancer two years ago, and I've been kind of not talking about it, not writing about it at all. And I finally said I want to write about it. Um, um, so Yeah, you must have a lot built up. I had a lot built say. up, and I kind of just said, okay, I'm not going to hide anymore, and I have some things wow. to say. So, so um, is this kind of a memoir, or it's like a scientific article? It's, 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 me it's memoir-based, personal okay. experience-based, yeah. Okay. But it also has some medical stuff in there, because um, I have links to medical stuff because I think that there are some myths. So oh, I just included that as wonderful. well. Well, I will, and in oh, the show notes <laughs> for this, I'm going to uh, include for each of you a link to you know anything you want us to see of your writing. So that sounds wonderful. Um, I wanted to ask for all of you: uh, Does the city of Savannah figure into much of your writing, and how does that work? Like specifics about Savannah. Well, yeah. My yeah. book is set. In, my novel is set in Savannah. Okay. Tell us about this. Let <laughs> tell you about my book. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this fiction book is called Breach of Trust, and it is all about courthouse drama. Mm. And um, the protagonist, Anne, is, has been a crime victim advocate for many years, and she is put in a terrible position because her young male employee accuses their boss, the district attorney, of sexual harassment. Okay. So she is put in quite a dilemma. So it's all about um, how she responds to that and what happens to her. And then there's a backstory um, back when she was in college. So it's got sexual harassment, domestic violence, a murder. Yeah. But not to worry, there's some humor in there too. <laughs> I know that sounds a lot of humor no. in there. <laughs> that sounds pretty strange, but that's it sounds very fascinating. Do you find so since you're writing about this and I mean do you have to do you feel like you have to be very careful to not 
make it sound like you're talking about any real figures who you've worked with and how, like how do you balance that with your day, day job? Well, you know, it, uh, of course, I think all books are based on our personal lives to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, I have to be careful because these are all fictional characters. So yeah, I have to be careful. Do people come to you and like, like, like once they've read one of your books, do you find, have you ever had somebody come to you and say, is this based on me? And well, I haven't had a book published, like so you okay. ask So we'll see if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've written two books about that take place in Savannah, and that did happen to me, where um, I based a character on the sort of physicality of um, a real person, and um, that person asked me, was, yeah. was it me? And it I said, well, it, star enough. it started out as you, but... Was the personality yeah, yeah. not them, but just the physicality? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, so yeah, go on. No, I was just going to say mine. Um, mine was a memoir. So obviously these were all real people, but yeah. I changed all the names. Um, and there were certain things, obviously, that could have been real hot buttons that I did not put in the book, but it really wasn't important because it was it was backstory and this was really about my story okay. um, and as far as Savannah is concerned at the very end of the book I end up in Savannah which is exactly what happened in my life so um, I just talk about you know why Savannah because people say ask me why Savannah and I basically say in the book it's because I just kind of landed up here yeah, <laughs> it's a great yeah. place so I feel like people if they haven't been here before maybe would say why Savannah right. and then once you've come here <laughs> you once know. then yeah you don't need to ask anymore <laughs> I, think um, I wanted to ask each of you how you personally deal with writer's block and maybe your, what's been your longest instance that this has ever happened. And I will say personally, since I, I'm a, I'm a full-time fine artist and just like shockingly little of my time is spent act, actually painting a new painting, <laughs> which I think is, you know, maybe surprising for people who aren't in a creative field. You feel like just probably every day you guys sit down and write, but there's a lot of, uh, a lot of other things that go into it. Yeah, like you said, all the research and the structure and reading. Oh, well, my instinct is to take a nap. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that doesn't last very long. And then I beat myself up about it for, you know, th three, four years. And then, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and then something inspires me and I get back to it. Yeah. And I'm kind of prone to hyperbole. <laughs> you know, I'm nervous, so... Um, uh, and or I come to Wednesday Writers and and I get refreshed. Okay. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I mean so if the whole time that you've been like a writer, you've been in this group, then there's only so long that you can go with. Well, this helped not this writing anything. Helps helped keep me accountable. Yeah, you know because I haven't put my butt in the chair to write, and I've been procrastinating like crazy. And then I think, oh, those gals are going to be asking me next week what I've been writing, what I've been working on. I better yeah. do some pages or at least have something to report. So that's been, um, the group has helped keep me accountable for sure. Yeah, how many weeks in a row can you really go without having pages? Without <laughs> being embarrassed. And calling in sick. It's like a, like, a couple, like a couple of weeks maybe or how long? <laughs> Two or three. Okay, let's see. I wanted to ask what is each of your, uh, it's, I think it's interesting with writers that, you know, for artists, it's like you're working alone in your studio or maybe you're in a group studio, but then you have shows and you go out and you're meeting a lot of uh, other artists all the time. But for writers, there's not really this built-in thing of meeting other writers. Do you all have any other ways that you, like, 
What is your impression of the writers community in Savannah? Is there much talking to each other or networking or is that just like um, kind of a difficult thing just by definition for writing, which is so solitary? Well, it could be that I'm just like sitting in my room writing, but <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't know that there's a huge writers community. I mean, there's like Seersucker kind of the, has a, a bunch of people around it and they'll have events. Um, uh, what can you explain about Seersucker? No, but I know oh. they do have events, they have readings, uh, mm-hmm. they, they're they having, I think it might be it's tonight. tonight. Yeah, cocktail yeah. thing. Oh, cool. yeah. yeah, tonight. Is that like to a get people a month thing? Or? Well, right. yeah, I mean, I Not think... that often. Yeah, like, I think COVID like a, kind of shut things mm-hmm. down. So yeah, in terms yeah. of the writing community, I mean, Seersucker was pretty active for a while uh-huh. and, and other places. And I think it just, things are sort of coming back maybe yeah. in certain ways. Yeah, and I like, mean, um, well, I, I was just going to say that I used know. to be involved with the Flannery O'Connor House uh-huh. for many years. And that's actually the... Before I joined this group, there had been a writing group there called the Peacock Guild. Oh, that's cool. And that's actually the first group that mm-hmm. I joined. That wasn't as formal as, as this. Um, and um, that was, but that did go on for many, many years. Um, and I'd go in and out of that. And then we had um, literary events at the house, um, which I helped curate. I mean, bringing in authors and readers. And that was a real dynamic part of this community. Yeah. And then, and then there was, and then COVID happened. Um, and really that hasn't picked back up. So I would have to say that I had felt that there was really a, a real developing yeah. kind of writer literary thing happening. And then, you know, events in the world yeah. just kind of curious so I don't so it'll be interesting to, to see if, yeah, exactly because I think because I was really excited about that mm-hmm. yeah so it was starting to be more of a literary yeah. scene and then the, the book lady um right had yeah. readings and they uh, that has started up again okay so yeah, that's, that's that's a nice yeah true yeah to, yeah it's very cool we have the book festival every year oh, as yes. well mm-hmm. yeah right we get great people for that Um, Okay, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back, continuing on with our Wednesday Writers Group. You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Trees are one of Chatham County's most treasured natural resources. Beyond their beauty and cultural significance... The impact of trees are far-reaching and compounding, spanning from economic benefits to health improvements to climate change resilience. Trees are woven into every aspect of our lives. Savannah Tree Foundation protects and grows Chatham County's urban forest through tree planting, community engagement, and advocacy. More information is available at savannatree.org. This portion of WRUU's programming is brought to you by listeners and by Brighter Day Natural Foods. Brighter Day Natural Foods has been serving Savannah's healthy food and supplement needs since 1978. It is located at the corner of Bull Street and Park Avenue. They have online ordering and curbside delivery available. And now a walk-up window for smoothies, juices, and sandwiches from the deli. They are open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. 
More information can be found at brighterdayfoods.com. What does it mean when we say that WRUU is a community radio station? It doesn't just mean that we invite the community to create programming. And it doesn't just mean that we're a voice for the community. It also means that we're counting on the community to keep us going. And you are the community. Almost all of our modest budget comes from small annual or monthly donations from listeners like you. You get to enjoy our community-focused programming because many others have stepped forward to do their part. Now do your part by joining our community of listener donors. Go to wruu.org right now and make a one-time or monthly donation. And thank you for supporting Savannah's community radio station, 107.5 FM. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is Tamara Garvey and I am meeting with the Wednesday Writers Group with Susan, Judy, Helen, and Beverly. Um, And I think when we left off, I wanted to ask you all what's been your experience with um, getting your book out to local shops for either events or selling it there. Well, I have had um, both of my books at uh, Shavers and um, the Book Lady and also Sulphur Studios uh, in their shop is... um, carrying my books so that's been great that's all three of your books yeah and actually I uh, co-authored a fourth book called Why Do You Welcome in the Beloved Community with Tom Kohler and that's at a couple of those uh, stores as well okay Um, so I guess um, I I would have to say that all of the outlets uh, locally have been very supportive Um, when my book came out in 2019, so I did events in 2019, 2020, um, and um, Book Lady, Andy Shaver, I had several author events, um, and both of them came and and sold books, and I know that they had um, carried uh, my book in their shop. Um, I actually had my release, I guess, my release event on the the day that my book uh, came out in July of 2019 at Barnes & Noble, and I know that's a chain, but the people that work there are local, and they were really just so happy to host my debut, cool. and they made big posters and put them wow. in the store with my book on it. And you know, when I, I remember when I came, um, the woman there said, "You know, can can I go get you, you know, a latte?" And <laughs> and, uh, and it was it was it was wonderful. It was yeah. really wonderful as a you know as a as a you know as an author, first time author, uh, to be treated so well. Yeah, that's cool um, to hear. Did you get and, that? Had you? A- you went there face to face to speak to someone. I just sent an email to okay. them. Actually, I just I found the local email um, for the person, and then I just said, "Can I talk to you?" And then that's kind of how it happened. And then they have a they have a book group um, at the at the store that formed at the store, and then they wanted to read my book, and oh. so then they had me for an event. Um, and then I was actually, I was lucky enough to be a presenter at the book festival, uh, the Savannah Book Festival in 2020. And again, wow. I just, I just applied. I just applied and I was like, okay, well, we'll see. And so I feel like, and then of course, I think the SCAD um, store sold the books for that. So I feel like I've kind of been oh. supported by all the bookstores in town. I love that, yeah. <laughs> and the book festival, so you said you did it in 2020. 
What? Right before everything kind of yeah, well, shut that, down. Is it in yeah. February? Is that when they do yeah, it? Yeah, it was in February, wow, and then so I think March, everything. Oh yeah, so I would just got in, because I think that was the last, because a couple of years they yeah. didn't have it, and that was yeah. that was like one of their big festivals right wow. before everything sort of happened. So that there was just a way for you to just apply to be one of the speakers You, d- you there? can apply, yeah. I mean, they do, for really, really big books, they will go to publishers in New York and meet with them to find out where the books are coming out yeah but you can also directly apply to be a presenter I love that that's really well. good information yeah have you ever Susan have you ever thought about would you do that <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about it for about two minutes <laughs> you're not a big public speaker <laughs> I'm not a great uh fan of public speaking for myself okay. but um yeah um, <laughs> um I wanted to ask what for each of you what's been your experience with how did you actually get your book published well, my book is not published yet, but um, just um, last month, actually, I um, heard from a small publisher that they wanted to publish, and I was excited because it is really hard to get a book published. Really, really hard. Yeah. Um, at the writers' conference that Judy and I attended, I guess last weekend, one of the writers said, "It used to be that you had to just be a really good writer. Now it's almost like you have to be a celebrity." Okay. So it's tough. So like it has to be sellable just based on It's got to be sellable. You. It's all about, you know, it's, I don't mean to be negative, but it's about making money yeah. for the publisher. So I didn't go through an agent. I went directly to a small publisher. But I had spent the entire summer querying um, agents and saying, hello, <laughs> do you want this book? And most yeah. of them have a form that you send a bio. You send um, a synopsis. Some of them asked for the first three chapters. Some of them asked for 50 pages. And um, then, of course, if you get an agent, they have to then sell it to a publisher. So it's pretty tough. So, like I say, I spent the summer researching and querying and, you know, getting frustrated. Yeah. And, you know, you have to find out what genre do they want. No, I don't write science fiction. I don't write magic realism. So for you, it's not being published through an agent. It's just a publishing it's house. It's a publishing house. So publishing. were you querying agents and you were also querying publishing houses? How did they find you? I was you? querying agents, and then I saw online that a woman um, from Atlanta, her debut novel was being published by uh, Moonshine Code Publishing. And I thought, well, I'm a debut author. How did she do that? So out of the blue, I just messaged her and found out about her publisher and was very pleased when That's cool. they asked me to sign a contract. What? What? How did it go with the contract signing? Is there a lot of back and forth? Do you feel like you? Well, I had no idea. I had no it. idea what I was doing. Of course, yeah, none. <laughs> so that, like, that's the reason to have an agent, basically, is to yes, help negotiate things. Okay. <laughs> an agent would know how to do yeah, all that. Yeah. But I talked to Dawn Major, who has a book coming out in April, about how she did it, and just you know, that's cool. So you had somebody like a mentor, a mentor, and that is so important to have people that you can trust that have been through this yeah. process because I, I was clueless. So what do they do? They agree to sell, to print a certain number of copies and then if it goes well, then they agree to do more? Yes. Okay. Basically. And then when it comes out, do you have to organize that you're going around to talk about it or do they do that? Well, they do very little of that. Um, even the big publishers, I think, do very little of that these days because they just don't have the resources. So I had to submit to them um, a promotion plan. Okay. So um, I will be busy 
trying to figure out how to do all that and maybe getting somebody to help me and figuring out a cover for the book. So I'm looking for a designer to help. Yeah, let's talk. Cover. I wanted to ask about the cover. So, so the publisher is giving you pretty free reign on your cover. Yeah, they can, okay. they do lots of covers themselves, um, and they said, "Are you can do your own, either one." So I got free reign, and I need. Help All right, on we'll doing put out that. this call so for people. That out. <laughs> what, do you have a feeling of uh, like a, a concept or subject matter that you want for your cover? I don't. Okay. I think it needs to have a little something to do with Savannah, uh, and I would just. I don't know. I want this it to is be very really cool. clean. We'll put out a call for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Susan, can you talk to me about? Uh, see, I'm sitting here with your physical three books. How did you come up with the covers for these? So, um, the, in the dark uh, was the first one, and uh, there were so many things that visually that it could have been, but uh, I kind of felt like. I wanted it to be a little bit mysterious and also to give the idea of Savannah at night because that's what the book is about. So uh, it ended up being just the sort of abstract um, uh, idea of uh, a dark street with headlights. Important. Yeah. Um, and I worked uh, with my daughter, Emily Earl, who is a photographer, but she's also a graphic designer. Okay. So and we came up with that with this well it's cool you said you had this idea that she wanted it to be like savannah at night and that is literally her <laughs> and her, her major photography series is like that right yeah right that was cool um, and, then, and then your third i wanted to ask you i'm looking at sort of the description on the back of harrington's way and it's about um an elder in her rapidly gentrifying neighborhood in savannah and I, so i wanted to ask how you went about researching for this like who you talked to well so um I'm now retired, but I worked for 32 years. I worked at the Georgia Infirmary, which um, had a day center uh, for mostly older people. And um, we also um, visited people at home. So, I mean, I just spent years meeting and um, uh, talking with mostly older Savannians uh, about their situations in their yeah. lives and um so it, it just sort of was a natural and what know, and what year was it that you were researching and writing this one um well it came out in like 2018 but i actually started it a few years before that yeah there. it's interesting that you were you know working on it a few years ago but like just now in the post-covid time i feel like it's just been uh, sped up all the mm -hmm. just the price of housing and the gentrification. Mm -hmm. like it just is getting more and more right it just kind of it seemed like it became mm -hmm. uh, very current again yeah, yeah yeah and the um the cover for this one uh is a um a painting that uh a sign painter named jimmy williams who um is is of the four um sign painters that uh, worked around Savannah. Ah. Um, he's the only one that's still living. He, he was probably uh, the most prolific of all. And um, this, this, the cover was a, a little inset on a barbershop window where now Starlandia Supply is. Oh. Um, it was called wow. Williams and Sons Barbershop. And um, so, uh, and, and, I've worked with Mr. Williams over the years. We we know each other, and he um, was very gracious and allowed me to use this, yeah. the image. That's but, really um, cool. So you've gotten a, a time capsule of this outdoor painting that's not there anymore. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, and on your cover. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Beverly, I wanted to ask, how did it go about for you getting your memoir published? Oh, <laughs> well, it was, um, um, I had originally had an agent. Um, I was working on another book, um, and um, so that book didn't get published, and then I decided to write a different book, which was really, I think this was a better book, because at that time, I really hadn't healed from my divorce and all the, the things that happened, um, which is about, which is what my memoir is about, okay. really. How do, you, how do you heal from the American dream sort of collapsing, and how do you pick up at midlife and start a new life? So that's really what it's about. So I started um, writing that book, when I first came to Savannah and parted ways with my agent for various reasons. And so when I finished, I was starting to query other agents. Um, and at the same time, um, and, and I, I was getting a lot of reads and a lot of people saying, as with you, Helen, well, you're not a celebrity, and this book doesn't have a lot of sex, drugs, and rock and roll in it, so that's a problem. I mean, literally, they had a few people tell me that, and I'm like, well, that's not what the book is. That's right, even though you'd been in New York all that time. So, so, yeah. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Um, you know, there were a lot of scenes, you know, with my daughters and about being a mom, you know, so... So, and I wasn't a celebrity, so um, I was still querying, you know, and, and getting a little frustrated, even though I'd had a lot of articles published. Um, and then, a, then, a, then a, a writer friend, a woman I know, um, not personally, but from the writing world, she happened to say to me, um, I'd like to introduce you to my publisher. And this is a mid-sized publisher, and so I sent them the book, and they said, we would like to publish it. So I just stopped querying at that point. Yeah. Um, I thought, oh, do I just, you know, try and go for a bigger publisher, do the agent kind of thing, or do I just, like, just, let's, let's do this. Okay. And I think I just decided, you know, I want to do this. My, my mother had died by that point, and I was just kind of feeling like I need to just get this out there. I need to get this book out there. So yeah. I went without an agent with this mid-size publisher um, that released the book in 2019. So it sounds like, and just for, since I don't know professional writing at all, like like there's almost two tracks. It's like you're going to go for an agent and then try to get some major publisher, or you could approach a smaller house and then it's just you dealing with them one-on-one. Is that, mm-hmm. that's kind of the two right, tracks? Right, right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to ask about, in the group in particular, I'm always very curious about, um, like, in either art or writing where you're working on something solo and then you start showing it to people and they give you feedback and, like, like how somebody decides whether to take somebody else's feedback or not. So I was curious about, you You said that you all uh, pass out pages of each other and then you do critiques. Has there been any instances where, like, you're not all giving each other the same advice and the same critiques? How do each of you decide, like, what kind of advice you're taking and where you need to stand and be like, no, actually, I like the way I've done this. How does that go for you? Well, I think it goes, um, certainly there's different advice, you know, and that's what makes it so wonderful. We get feedback, wonderful feedback from, uh, from three different people. So that's extremely helpful. And, you know, if, if two or three of them have the same comment, I'm like, okay, that's definitely legit. Yeah. Um, so we we take the best and, and leave the rest. It's finally our decision, but my book would not exist without them because they have made it so much better than it was. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely second that. 
I mean, I think that um, absolutely that's true. Everything you said is true, um, Helen. Um, and I think sometimes it's, I guess, two additional points is sometimes you can be so close to your own work exactly. and you have edited it so much that you are too close to it. And so you don't, one of the advantages of having the group is the group can see it very fresh, which is another reason why sometimes it is good to step away, take some time off, which I've done with my current book. And I, at this point, feel that I need some more edits. So that's the, so the distance, getting the distance, I think um, the writer's group helps because they have the distance that you don't have as a writer. Yeah. Ultimately, it is your decision what you're going to do. And I think it, if you, I can remember when I first started writing, um, going to these courses, this, we're talking 15 years ago, and people were talking about developing your own voice. And I was like, what are they, what are they talking about, your voice? Like, I just couldn't understand it. And so I just had to keep writing, 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 and I finally realized that I had found my voice. I don't know how I did. I just was, you know, the process of continuing to write and, and edit. So I think the other thing about making the choice about which comments you take and don't and whatever it's also trying to remember what's my voice and what's my voice throughout this book and being true to your own voice. So it's, it's, it's really a big juggling. It's a big juggling act, but it's, but it's all worthwhile. I mean, it's all good input. How about you, since this is your first, um, your first yes, book? Yes, uh, I... I, I um, I would say my book would not be as far along as it is if it hadn't been for these ladies, and they've been very patient. Um, what I find um, most wonderful about it, it's, it's similar to what these ladies have said. It's, it's you need somebody to see the forest instead of just the trees because you're too close. And sometimes they'll say, well, what if you made a big clearing right there? <laughs> and, and it'll be like, oh, yes. And, uh, and uh, um, that's what really has been so helpful to me is yeah. that um, to, being a, to be able to see from uh, a further greater perspective. Yeah. yeah, I did want to ask if any of you can recall like a specific some really big advice that you got that really changed, that, that you had to change your book in a major way, like something that really shifted for you. Like maybe moving around entire sections or some, like didn't you said somebody gave you advice at a conference to change the, the audience, yes. the age? Um, yes, um, uh, she um, indicated some interest and said, consider doing this instead. And I thought, well, I needed to be shook up. Um, I was really, I have just been going around and around on this book, and I wasn't sure how to wrap it up. Yeah. And uh, she also not only wanted to change the age range, but wanted to change the genre from nonfiction to fiction. Wow. Which gives you so much more <laughs> freedom in what you write. Um, because the woman I'm writing about has, has been through a lot, and she doesn't want to tell all of it, and I have to respect that. So, so it started out as nonfiction. Did it start mm -hmm. out as like a memoir then? Yes, a nonfiction. Mm -hmm. It was okay. a, sort of a memoir, but the the person who lived it isn't writing it. So, okay. Um, and uh, um, yeah, didn't know exactly what to call it for that reason. So you had the advice to just fictionalize the entire thing. That's pretty. That's a pretty huge. She said, "Consider it." She's yeah. very. Uh, the agent is very respectful. Very much an artist advocate. 
which is really refreshing from what I hear. This was an agent who said this to you? Yeah. Did you get the impression that then if you make this change, then you could pitch to her for being your agent? I thought it would be a great way to, you know, to um, uh, go back to her and say, yeah. and in fact, I'm writing her a note right now that I'm, I'm I'm looking. I'm reading a comparable title you told me about, and I'm thinking oh. about what I'm going to, um, you know, to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was nice of her. It sounds like she gave you a lot of really specific oh, advice. So, she gave you a book to read. Amazing. It was a great writers' yeah. conference. Yeah. What was this? Let's let's hear about this conference. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Where was that? It's Broadleaf Writers Conference, and mm-hmm. um, Broadleaf Broadleaf Writers Association. Um, is a statewide organization that basically supports writers. So they have a conference um, once a year, and they also, um, well, with COVID, it's been a lot of online stuff, but they'll interview authors, they'll interview writers, and various people. So that's been fun. Um, where, which, where was it? It was in Atlanta. Okay. But I'm trying to get them to come to Savannah. Yeah. I've already emailed Zach and said, come on down. They, do they move it around to no. each year? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Okay. Well, I'm like, it's statewide. Come on now. Atlanta and Savannah are very simpatico for each other. Yeah. I'm yes. sure they'll consider this. Yes. Yeah. So it was actually online again this year. So it was all virtual. But there was, as oh. Judy said, some fabulous agents and um panelists and even though I was really hoping to meet some people in person that I had met online um, I feel like I made friends with some people and I'm going to be bugging them for advice (laughs) I really am was it more was it uh, like like you as the attendees shopping your work around to people or it's more like listening to other people's advice and it was mostly listening to other people's advice although they did have a session um, on you could get feedback on your query letter and you could get quick feedback on your first page. Oh, that's cool. Which Judy did. That's your, so. your main hook when you're pitching to people. These are the, like the two things they're going to look at. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like getting advice on your cover letter and your resume. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Cool. And you have to grab their attention immediately, the agent. You just have to, because they have yeah. dozens and dozens and dozens of queries. <laughs> And just for any, I I just have to put this in case there are any writers out there listening, and I hope there are writers listening, um, Query Tracker is one of the best ways to find agents that might be interested in your manuscript. Query Query Tracker. tracker. So I just want to throw that in there. Amazing. Um, Can you all tell, so since you've been doing this writers group for years and years, do you have any advice, like for people starting their own group, or is there anything that you guys tried early on that you have abandoned? Anything that, any advice you can give to people looking to start their own group? Or I think it's important to um, probably limit the number and to to try to get uh, people to who are who want to be members. To, you want them to really commit for a, right. you know a, a long period of time if they can. Um, it's it's hard when somebody leaves the group. We had. Um, two people that I can think of who left, one moved away, and we had one of our group's members uh, die, and oh, it was... At a very young age. Yeah. Um, that was really difficult for us. Um, and so, you know, it, it takes a while to sort of gain trust when yeah. you're giving somebody your pages and they're just like your, you know 
your children practically <laughs> yeah. putting them out there. And if you don't know the person well, um, it's 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 pretty scary. So yeah, it must take. I would think it takes kind of a while with each other to be very honest in your critiques, mm-hmm. right? Like at the beginning, you're kind of soft pedaling things, or. And the other thing is I've heard of people having groups where they just basically read to each other. And I, I, I don't think that's a great idea. I mean, it's nice to hear it, but I, I want to like, have the pages in my hand if, and, and, oh. have, and have time to give feedback, not just give like instant critique right. in, a, in a public mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. which sometimes some of these writers groups will be, have a big membership and somebody's up there reading and then the you know people in the audience are giving them public feedback. Uh, yeah. That I don't, I don't. Yours are, so you have the hard copies and you're like literally marking them up, maybe with a red pen, possibly. To get possibly the not red. And, no. then, <laughs> and then when you meet up, are you kind of reading out your suggested edits? Uh-huh. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. Okay. And we go page by page. We go sometimes line by line. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> word by word. word. <laughs> Depending on how big. It requires a lot of coffee, right? Um, have you all ever traveled together? I'm curious. To Bluffton. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, to Bluffton. I can see you all working well together traveling. I, mean, I think that's a great idea. Let's do a road the traveling, trip. The traveling Wednesday, Wednesday riders. Because <laughs> so I would think just the amount of communication that you all do with each other, that it would uh, be conducive to being able to travel pretty well together. Well, I was just hearing on the radio this morning about, you know, the... Pat Conroy book festivals coming up. And oh, we could at least make cool. a trip to Beaufort. Well, you know, they yeah. have they have trips have at have Next Tribe. Well, the Sisterhood, Next Tribe, has these trips for like three and four days sometimes. Mm-hmm. And Helen just won a big contest. So I'm going to really? brag on her. Oh. Yes. Oh, you didn't talk about this. What's this contest? So Next Tribe is a group, um, you know, nationwide of women over 50, I believe it mm-hmm. is. And they have articles and they have trips that they go on. And Beverly told me about Next Next Tribe. And they had an essay contest about reinventing your life. And I submitted an essay about how I reinvented my life because at age 52, I became a first-time mom because we um, got custody of a two-year-old. Wow. Grandchild. That's a young child. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And um, so I wrote an essay about that, about how, you know, our lives changed completely. I had just left my job, my career. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was floundering around, and at midnight one night, we got a kid. Wow. And so you were your first-time mom, but it was a grandchild. Yes. So I'm assuming it's your partner's kid's yes. kid. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So it's my stepchild's kid. Okay. And he's now 14. But what I want to say about this group, so I'm like, oh, there's this essay contest about reinventing your life. Here are the pages. What do y'all think? And they totally changed the first paragraph and made it a thousand times better. You know, that's what this group is all about. Was that shocking to see that? And then you're like, oh, wow. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Like just to see the possibility of what it could have been. Yes. Yeah. So So that was really fun to to be a part of... uh, I won that contest. That's very cool. Oh, congrats. Very cool. And the next week she came in to check in and she <laughs> said, well, okay. Was, okay, Helen, check in. And she said, well, I won first prize in the contest. And we were like, what? Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you had the big news that week. Yeah, I did. I, I love was that. like, yes. 
And it was just and a actually, couple of weeks. Go ahead. Oh, I was, I was just saying, out. probably, like, you had already been in touch with that publisher. Right. Like, they had, and we thought, it seemed like after you won the essay contest, that they said, send us, you know, <laughs> we want to see the whole manuscript. Uh-huh. And then, so it seemed like that was very important wow. in their deciding to publish our to, book. To, you know, that I was a legitimate writer. And yeah. Not completely crazy. So you had a lot of good news in a row. Yeah. I did. Yeah. It was amazing. like Congrats. amazing. I mean, you know, I've, I've been, I mean, I'll be honest, I've been working on this novel for 10 years, off and on, and, and off and on, a lot yeah. of off. <laughs> And so finally, these ladies helped me get it. Have like a really big shift. It's great. So, Um, well, this has been really wonderful. I'd like to end by just if you want to tell each of us um, where, and I'll post links to where people can find your work. But if you want to say where in Savannah people can find your writing, find your at uh, the Book Lady and Sulphur Studios, and they and my they can look at my. website which is susan-earl.com um well my um so my website beverly willett it's two l's and two t's dot com and you can find all the information there and as well as links to all my articles um you my my memoir disassembly required a memoir of midlife resurrection is the full title um, so you can get it at Amazon. You can get it at local bookstores. If they don't have it, they'll order it. Yes. Um, and Shaver can order yes. anything. And it just came out in paperback. So it just was released in okay. paperback a couple of months ago, which I didn't know and just, just found out. So you can get it either in That's hardcover <laughs> or paperback or audiobook or okay. Kindle, all, all, of the, all of the above. Um, and, and, I'll, and I'll post a link to, you said, your recent article in The Independent? The Independent. Okay, cool. Thanks. Well, I would like to just say that the um, our former group member Kimberly Evans, her book, um, "The Bell Unrung," is available on Amazon, and it's a beautiful book. It is fabulous. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. And then you, too, Judy and Helen. I know you don't have physical book out yet to read, but I will post links to whatever you have as well. Thank you. Thank you all for being with me. This is. Can fabulous. I just mention yeah. that? Um, I have a link on my website if local book clubs want to invite me to come oh, to their book club, okay. either in person or virtually. And I think, um, Susan, you have a website, too, and you're open for book club yes. appearances. Okay. Yeah, Sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Here are some fun creative events coming up over the next week. On Friday the 28th at 7 p.m. at the Savannah Culture Arts Center, they're having a Savannah Spooky Spectacular, a free variety performance. Um, On both Saturday and Sunday, Grayface is putting on a Terror Vision Fright Fest of horror movies and merch vendors. You can get more information from the Graveface site. On uh, Tuesday, November 1st at 7.30 p.m. at Trinity United Methodist Church, there is a performance by Alistair Fraser, who's the Michael Jordan of Scottish Fiddling, and a Californian cellist called Natalie Haas. Also Tuesday at 6.15 p.m., E. Shaver has their It's a Mystery Book Club, and the book they're reading this week is The Daughter of Sherlock Holmes. Up next on WRUU, That Old Savannah Magic from 4 to 6 p.m. It's a variety show featuring Savannah history, radio theater, interviews, and music. 
You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul.